we have to have time for these baptisms, so I just have sort of a little 20-minute uh, sort of reflection, meditation on Thanksgiving, and um, uh, and I know there's Thanksgiving dinners and things that people need to get to. So um, this morning I was thinking, as I was thinking through the week about uh, what I was really thankful for at Lakeside, and and it was this idea of diversity, because as you know. Uh, there's that, that sort of universal in North America, universal symbol of Thanksgiving. It's that, that basket thing with all the, the stuff filling out of it. And uh, it's uh, called a cornucopia. And everybody knows what a cornucopia is, right? It's that, 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 that outpouring of, of fruit and vegetables and all those things. And, and I remember doing a Thanksgiving sermon, uh, it was maybe four or five years ago, and uh, I used the cornucopia in that sermon. I don't remember the sermon. It wasn't this one. But what I remember from that sermon is when I got home, Wendy said to me, you said cornucopia too many times. And I just, I can't help it because it's such an awesome word. Cornucopia. Everybody say it. Cornucopia. You can't say that word too many times. It's a great word. And uh, I'll try and restrain myself, cornucopia, uh, after this. But it's kind of hokey and it's kind of old-fashioned, but I like that image for Thanksgiving because the cornucopia is an image of blessing. It's an image of abundant blessing, overflowing blessing, and diverse blessing. And so when I fix that image in my mind, I think of diversity. I think of abundance. I think of differences, right? There's apples and pears and grapes and squash and wheat and onions and pumpkins and cherries and tomatoes. God has poured out an abundance of diverse blessing on his creation. And there's so many individual kinds of foods in the world, we barely sample even a fraction of the kinds of food that God has provided. Even in the abundance that we have in North America, there are still thousands and thousands of foods that we will never taste. And when I think of the abundance and diversity of blessing, I think of the church. And so the image, uh, it may be a very white, Anglo-Saxon, North American kind of image, and it may only be a couple of years old in its tradition, but the message of this image to me is is very Middle Eastern, 2,000 years old, churchish type of image, because it's an image to me of blessing, an abundance of blessing in so many different ways. And And we, the church, can't be the church without diversity and blessing through that diversity that God has given us. And it was what God from the beginning planned for his creation and from his people and for his people. It's what, it's, it's what God will in the end of time bring about for his people for eternity. In the, in the book of Revelation that we were in a few Sundays ago, it talks about people from every tribe and every tongue blessing God throughout eternity. And so it is about diversity. And so in the church, to work against diversity or to frustrate diversity or to resist diversity is pretty directly an attempt to resist what God desires for his creation and for his church. And you won't. You know, you won't resist God. He will win in the end. And so you can try to resist diversity or to frustrate diversity or work against it, but it is working against what God desires in his church. And then on the other hand, to celebrate diversity or to embrace diversity, to cultivate diversity, is to join God in his plan which brings him joy and glory. And it nurtures a transformation within ourselves of our own nature towards God's nature. Because if it's it's God's nature to create and love and celebrate and value diversity, 
then as we celebrate and love and nurture and cultivate and find joy and value in diversity, then our nature moves towards God's nature. You see what I mean? That if this is something God loves, it should be something we love. And so when we we think of God in that context, we understand that God is a God of a world and a universe spanning diversity, right? He's not a little tribal God. He's not just the God of one small people in one small part of the world with limits to his power and sort of a small tribal sphere of influence. God is universal. He's the God of everything and everyone in all nations, And God demonstrated his joy in diversity in creation to start with. We just look outside as we've talked about this morning. The human eye, it is estimated, is able to distinguish at least 2.4 million colors. That's just how many are registered in the official CIY color space database. If you're a nerd like me, you'd look that up. And... And some people can see even more than 2.4 million colors. It depends on the cones in their eyes and all that stuff. Some people may be able to see up to 16 million colors. And that's just colors that God invented. Like, don't even get Mark Lester started on the hundreds of millions of galaxies and trillions of stars and black holes and quasars and binaries and pulsars and planets and comets and asteroids and all of that stuff. Actually, do get him started sometime on that. Because if you're struggling to comprehend how God fits into what we naturally observe in the universe through the tools of science, then please do talk to Mark because he has a passion and the resources to help you see the glory and the truth of God as our creator in his diversity and his joy in diversity and in pouring out an abundance of blessing that we cannot even comprehend. And closer to home, as we started out talking about the diversity of crops that I started out with in our cornucopia example. I'm going to say it twice more. Um, But we have trees, and we have plants, and we have animals, and we have ecosystems, and we have biomes. And there is no question that even on planet Earth, God created with a love of diversity. Genesis 1 says, and God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth and across the vault of the sky. And so God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living things within the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And so God is a God of diversity and of abundant blessing. And in the law, God was never a tribal God, even in his Old Testament law. His work began with a tribe of Israel, but it was always universal. His law called anyone who would to join Israel. And you remember from some of your Bible stories like Ruth, that, that Ruth was, of all people, a Moabite who worshipped God and was blessed to be many, many, many times great-grandmother to Jesus, a Moabite in the ancestry of Jesus. Or you might remember Jonah, you know, mainly for his time in the belly of a fish. But the story of Jonah and the reason he was resisting God was that God had called Jonah to go and to preach repentance to the Assyrians in Nineveh, the Assyrians of all people, which is why Jonah was rejecting what God had called him to do. The people that had hated and enslaved Israel, God's purpose has always been that his word would go out, not just to one tribe, but to all nations, no matter who they were, that all people would hear of God and repent. And then in Jesus, we move forward to Jesus. Jesus broke down forever the ethnic tribal barrier that seemed to be frustrating the grace of God flowing into every nation and every class. 
Jehovah was being misrepresented as a Jewish God, meant only for Israel. But Jesus completely destroyed that notion. And as I mentioned, uh, of his own heritage, it was intermingled with other nationalities. And Jesus represented a diversity, not only in ethnicity, but also a diversity in social class. The ancestors of Jesus were kings and queens, and the ancestors of Jesus were also soldiers and tradesmen and prophets, and they were also servants and beggars and harlots. And Jesus himself was born into a poor family, and he worked a regular trade. And when he was out in public, he accepted invitations to meet with tax collectors as well as with Pharisees. And so in Jesus, you have the example of God's love for diversity and inclusivity. That God's heart is for diversity and God's heart is for inclusivity. The Samaritan woman, the blind beggars, the lepers, the soldiers, the tax collectors, rich and poor, Jesus' ministry was for everyone. Because Jesus was God, he expressed perfectly the love of God for diversity in his family. The love of God available to everyone. And nothing sums that up much better than John 3.16 because it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. That is inclusive. That is diverse. That is anyone can come to the love of God. There is no tribe. There is no family. No social class. No wealth. No language. No customs. No secret knowledge. No training. No age. There's no words or actions of the past or the present that can exclude anyone from the love of God if they choose to believe in Him and trust in Him for their salvation. No matter who you were born to, no matter what you did after you were born, no matter what has been done to you, nothing can exclude you from the love of God. That is the diversity of the blessing of God and the inclusiveness of it. God welcomes everyone. God even gave one of his disciples, Peter, a kind of cornucopia, that's the second last reference, he gave, he gave Peter kind of a cornucopia reference of, of, of what he means by his diversity and his blessing in Acts chapter 10. As Peter is, is now an apostle and he's, and he's teaching about God in Jerusalem, uh, he gets a vision as he's uh, just outside of Jerusalem now, he's in another city, but he gets a vision from God because he, he wasn't fully getting just how inclusive God was and how diverse he wanted his kingdom to be. And so God gives him this vision three times. He says, the next day... As they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour. And when he became hungry and wanting something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And he saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. And in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him a second time and said, What God has made clean, do not call common. And after this vision three times, because Peter you know, he needs things said a few times, like most of us do, Peter finally understood what the vision meant. That God has said, All of these things, all of these people are clean. All of these people are welcome in my family. All of these people are welcome at my feast. And Peter, later in the chapter, after baptizing uh, the, the Gentile Cornelius and his family, Peter says later, he says, truly I understand that God shows no partiality. God desires diversity. He desires inclusiveness in his people and in his blessings. And now because of this, 
we rightly see and we rightly value and celebrate diversity and God's blessings on his people, the church. That's what we have to take away from this. That as God's people, we see his heart and his desire for diversity. And so then as God's people in the church, we value and celebrate and cherish and nurture diversity in his church. And we see his blessings and we see his diversity in his blessings and spiritual gifts. Inside the church, we know and we celebrate that God has blessed each one differently that we all have different gifts, that we all have different talents, that we all have different perspectives. And so we're not jealous of each other's blessings and we're not jealous of each other's gifts, but we value the differences in our gifts. In 1 Corinthians it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone it is the same God at work. And so now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And so we know there's a diversity of gifts. I can't sing and play like these people sing and play, right? And so we come and we celebrate their gifts with them, right? And I, I can't care and nurture the same way some people here care and nurture for other families and for the sick and for the wanting. And I can't give counsel in every area the same other people can give, way other people can give counsel. And there are other people that are better stewards or better at this or better at that. And we celebrate all those differences. We don't begrudge them. We don't frustrate them and we don't, be jealous of them because God is diverse in his gifts and his blessings poured out on the church. He's also diverse in the trials and comforts that we each face. God grants a diversity of trials among the people of his church so that by the diversity of the trials we face, there's also a diversity of comfort and understanding. In 2 Corinthians 1, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance in the same sufferings we suffer. Paul is saying here, we all suffer differently. There's this diversity of suffering and the suffering that God has given you and the trials that God has given you, he's given you so that you can then comfort people who are facing those same trials. So we have people in financial difficulties and in medical difficulties and in relational difficulties. We have people from successful marriages and failed marriages. And we have people who have survived cancer and people who are going through cancer. And we have people who have kids that have you know, grown up great and kids that are not on the great path right yet. Everybody's going through different trials at different parts of their life and there's a diversity in our trials so that there can be a diversity in our comfort. Don't bear that burden alone. God has done this on purpose for the blessing of his church. And we have diversity in experiences and wisdom, as I talked about just there. In addition to just sufferings, God brings together a diversity of experiences. Everybody here has so many different histories and so many different pasts and so many different experiences. And it's fantastic because God has brought all these different people together for the purpose of being able to encourage one another and give wisdom to each other. God's church, you see diversity that you just won't see anywhere else when it's running healthy because there are people from all backgrounds and all social classes and all different sort of situations and childhoods and upbringings. And they have wisdom to pass on from that experience. In Titus, 
It says that older men are to be sober-minded and dignified and self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. And older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. And they are to teach what is good and to train the young women. And likewise, urge younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned. Paul is speaking here to Titus, his young protege that he's teaching. He's saying in the church you have these older men and older women who have this diversity of experience and they have this wealth of wisdom that they can pass on. God put the church together with this much diversity on purpose because the people here, they know so many things that I don't know and so many things that you don't know. And if you just sit down and have a coffee with them or get into a small group with them and just ask them about their life, you will be amazed at what they know and what they can teach you. And God did that on purpose. I very much doubt that there is anything you are facing that has not been faced before by someone, probably dozens of someone sitting right down the row from you or across the room right now. And the church is filled to overflowing with life experiences that have been faced with the wisdom and grace of God. And so if you are wondering how God would have you respond to what you're facing, just ask, because God's church is overflowing with a blessing of wisdom and experience if we recognize and celebrate and value that diversity. So get into a small group or join the men's group or join Women of the Word and just have a coffee with someone with more gray hair than you and uh, and they can help you because God is a God of diversity and blessing through abundance of diversity. I don't know if Zana, Zana, sorry, and Nick are ready, but now's about the time to get ready because we're going to get there. All right. Awesome. So as you go back to that image of the cornucopia and the picture of all that abundance spilling out of the uh, horn of plenty, as it's sometimes called, it's a picture for us as the church that God is a God of diversity. God is a God of inclusiveness. God is a God of abundant blessing that pours out in so many different ways that we can't comprehend it. And so for you as individuals, as part of the church, you and me, we all need to celebrate this diversity, not reject it, not fight against it, not chafe at it, not say, well, that person doesn't think like me or that person acts differently or they do the ministry differently than I would do that. And if we fight and frustrate and resist diversity, then we're really fighting and frustrating and resisting something that God has deliberately poured out on his church that gives him joy and gives him glory. That people do things lots of different ways with lots of different spiritual gifts. But the motive is the same, to bring glory to God. And so at Lakeside, we need to celebrate differences and not resist them. And then the other thing is that we bear with each other in our differences and not despise them. People have come from so many different cultures and so many different backgrounds. I think right now, um, like, we have people from uh, Korea right here, and we have people from, uh, I think, Zambia, and we have people from, I don't know, all over the place, right? So this is, even in Little Halliburton, we got people from all over the place, Holland of all places. I mean, crazy Dutch people. Sorry, Bill's sitting right in front of me. I couldn't resist. But, but we have people from all over the planet with all kinds of different cultures and backgrounds and traditions and all kinds of different ways that they have seen God work in their life. And so we have to bear with one another in our differences and celebrate them and nurture them and cultivate them and give God glory in our differences. If we were all the same, it would not be God's church. And so we have a value at Lakeside 
that as part of God's people, we value diversity. Diversity of people, diversity of thought, diversity of age, of culture, of social and economic and political class, diversity that demonstrates a miraculous unity in Jesus. Because it's through Jesus that all this diversity comes together in unity, that we are all worshiping together with one heart, the same God. And so we take that value, that, that, that principle of diversity, and we turn it into a practice and a character so that we don't just think and say, I value diversity, but we actually do it. And we don't just do diversity, we actually are diverse. And so we take a value or a principle and we make it a practice. And not just a practice, but we make it part of our character. And so that's my prayer. And I think that's the heart of God, is that his church would not just value diversity and practice diversity, but we would be diverse. It would actually be part of our nature to be a diverse people who welcome and celebrate and glory in diversity. And it becomes our nature. And that, as that becomes our nature, as that becomes who we are seen as, if people think of Lakeside as being that inclusive, diverse, accepting church, then that, in a very dim but a glorifying way, is a reflection of the nature of God. And that's what we are called to be, is a reflection of the glory of God's nature. So let's be thankful that our God is not a small, tribal God that limits himself to one kind of people and his power is limited to one tiny sphere of ethnic influence, but our God is universal. And let's cultivate and nurture and celebrate the nature of God in his diversity and his love for inclusiveness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are this God, that you are the God of every tribe and every tongue and every nation, and that your call to be loved and to be saved by you is universal, that there is not anyone, no matter who they were born or where they were born or what their class is or what they've done, there is no one who is exempt from your love. It is whoever believes and whoever gives up their rebellion and lays down their sword and confesses their sin and comes to you can call you God and you will call them your child. Lord, that is incredible. And we celebrate that inclusiveness. We celebrate that diversity. We praise you for the pouring out of such an abundant blessing of so many gifts and so many people and so many ways that you have blessed us. There is not a horn of plenty big enough to hold it all. It spills with overflowing, and that is the picture of your church. We give you thanks for that this Thanksgiving. In Christ's name, amen.